we have not anticipated fans taking the entire can and upending it. Guys, I'm going to make you set down your teacups and take your pinky fingers and put them back into the fist that they need to be in because this has gotten far too cordial. My plan is to cry a lot and then no, I'm actually going to do well. Who am I kidding? I'm great. Thankfully, the Red Bulls decided to score some points. I personally am not trying to be a homer or anything, but uh, Joe Rallis. Portland shouldn't be on the playoffs this year because they can't get their act together. 11 mils sitting on your bench, just sitting there when you could invest it into any other position. Hello and welcome to episode 30 of the MLS Fantasy Insider Podcast, our review of round 25 and 26 and preview of round 27. This episode is brought to you by Kermit the Frog Twitter Avatars, the official MLS FI penalty when you lose a bet. <coughs> Sorry, frog in my throat. Uh, no, I mean, uh, this episode <laughs> is brought to you by the MLS Fantasy. <laughs> you guys like that? Thanks. Uh, it's brought by MLSFantasyBoss.com and the awesome subreddit community of r slash fantasy MLS. I'm your host, Reed Connolly from MLS Fantasy Boss, and tonight I'm joined by Jason Wiskovich, Mike Denton, and a mute Simon Thwaites. Uh, good evening, fellas. How are you doing tonight? Hello, friends. I've missed doing, you all. Doing good, doing good. Did you appreciate that intro? That was that was all for you, Mike. I, I, I did. It's There's been a lot of Kermit in, in my life. Let's uh, let's yeah. give everyone yeah. a, a quick rundown <laughs> of what that was about and put that into some context. Okay. Um, if you're on Twitter, you're probably familiar with uh, Derek at Ray's1299. Uh, he and I made an avatar bet. Um, his avatar is a Kermit wearing an Orlando uh, either Pride or City jersey. And so the bet was if Orlando won, I would change my avatar to his avatar. And if New York City won. The Kermit would wear a New York City jersey avatar for 24 hours. Uh, New York City played Mendoza, so New York City lost. And so my <laughs> avatar has been uh, Kermit the Frog with an Orlando Pride jersey for the um, almost 24 hours at this point. Um, during t- today, uh, a number of people, including our friend uh, Ann Chadwick, were confused as to whether I was Derek or uh, me. And so I eventually changed my name to Derek, and then all of Derek's friends began doing the same thing. So literally everyone was Kermit wearing an Orlando Pride jersey. So it was a lot of fun. I lost, but uh, good times were had by all. You know, the thing is, um, Derek, is uh, he's beaten me twice now in the MLS show head-to-head, but he's still too scared to avatar bet me because he thinks I'm going to do something wildly inappropriate. I would, Look, I'd just believe. public pressure. That's that's what I did, you know. I actually oh, so invited him on the show tonight, and he, he couldn't make it, so I I, th- I thought that would have been a fun little surprise for you, but sorry. <laughs> anyway, I hope more people do things like that because it's always fun to see that unfold on Twitter, at least for me, um, when I'm at lunch at work. So uh, keep up the good work, fellas. But back to what we're here to talk about. Uh, let's do a review quickly of round 25 and 26. We had that big doubleheader last week, uh, pretty much just a double game week in disguise. How did it go for you? How did your teams do these last two rounds? Uh, round 25, I did well. I got 56 points, um, moved up to 121st overall. And then round 26 was a big... Um, this is a PG uh, rating on air, so I can't say the things I want to say, but 46 points with the league average. Um, Ola Kamara not playing, Keen not playing, uh, Campbell getting zero points, Akam getting two minutes, Gerard getting taken out after 30 minutes, uh, Giovinco getting taken off after 66 minutes. It was just a big whole crap of crap i'm just just sucks man like this would make anybody quit playing this game and it sucks yeah i'm about the same boat i had a really good round or 25 i got 64 points and i I thought i was set up for a real big uh round 26 and then all the things um jason mentioned happened to to me gerard then just missed on a whole bunch of picks. Like Pontius didn't do anything. Pirlo didn't do anything. Laren, Giovinco, um, you know, Steris rotated in. This was a hard one to pick. Uh, We talked about that MLS show league. I think no one got 
very high or very few people got very high just because the games went wonky as compared to what we thought was going to happen. All the injuries, all the rotations. I mean, just kind of a double game week that for some reason wasn't a double game week and, you know, no one really had a great time, I don't think. Yeah, I think I ended up getting 70.5 total points from uh, the MLS show league. Like, I think of of the four games that I picked, I only actually got points in two of them because of some of the craziness yep. that went on. However, for what's important, the official fantasy game, I, I enjoyed it. These last two rounds have been great for me. I went up over 100 places each time. It's really made me feel a lot better about the kind of uh, poor – area I found myself in middle of the season, but I got 62 points in round 25, and I'm going to talk more about this later, but I only got points from eight players in that round. I I had planned on having only nine, ended up getting only eight, and I saw all green arrows, took no penalties, so good times there. Round 26, I went a little bit against some of the, maybe the common mold, but I, I know points from these players were talked about on the show before. I got Barnetta in already. So I got some good points from him there. I got Bradley Wright Phillips. I also brought in Question that last round, which did not – I didn't think he was going to get that call, but he had now. But I brought in Bradley Wright Phillips, and I made him my captain. So I went away from the Geo captains, and so that was a very nice bump for me as well. So these last two rounds, I've I've had fun. Uh, I don't feel in too bad of a position. But again, like I said, I'll, I'll talk some more about my positioning with this round in a later question. Any general impressions from this round that you want to talk about before we move on? I know there were a couple of high-scoring games, at least one that might be fun to talk about. I hate MLS rotation. (laughs) That's pretty much it. And another thing, guys, if you're thinking of quitting, don't quit. Trust me, I'm probably more frustrated than anybody. Um, But don't quit. It's fun. You got to listen to our fantastic, beautiful voices every, every Tuesday or Wednesday or whenever you play the podcast. Stick with us. It's only what ten more games, ish. Been even fewer. It's like like eight. eight. Yeah, eight games left. Eight more. Finish line is near. Yeah, I'm. I mean, the only thing I can take away is that we're kind of at that weird part of the season where some of the teams that have been bad start trying to really push to um to make an unexpected playoff run so you get some kind of just weird results um that you're not expecting and then some some of the teams start you know resting people you know delaying people coming back from injury uh you kind of saw that with uh, los angeles um in that midweek match against chicago just just decided well you know we don't need to really try too hard this game and we'll rest up people and of course you know how well that worked out for them so, um, yeah, it was just kind of a, a tough round. I mean, honestly, I've, I've complained about this before. There shouldn't have been two separate game weeks. It wouldn't have been nearly as bad. The rotation wouldn't have been as harsh if this was a double game week the way it should have been. So hopefully they don't do this again next year because, I mean, every time we've gone through it and we're basically going through it again in 27, it's just you're sacrificing points from the earlier week to try to just field an 11, and then they don't end up – playing you know it's it's just it's very frustrating and doesn't really reward good planning the way it should so quick question would you knowing that uh, we have these rounds that are divided this way because uh, our rounds don't match up with game weeks so it's always that the effort to have 34 rounds would you rather have a round where just nothing happened in, like a, in a way like a, like a week off yeah, like the week off. Yeah. Like it's not it's not a buy round. It's just there are no games for this round. You're making Definitely. no transfers, and there may games may be played, but because it would result in so few teams um, not playing, you either don't make trades or you just have those bigger double game weeks and be like, oh, this this is a gap. Nothing happens here. Yeah, like like an international break, like uh, like fantasy Premier League has this week. Um, all the teams. Exactly what I was getting at. Exactly. That's. I, I mean, I think that's the best thing to do. Otherwise, you're going to leave people frustrated, pissed off, and they're going to quit the game. Um, I mean, I'm. I'm. I would be. Cur- yeah, I'm curious to know the stat of when this started, how many active users there were, to now how many players are active. If there's only ten thousand active players, if there's even less, 
I just, and I'd love to get their feedback of why did they decide to quit? And so all I can say is if you're still listening now and you do share these frustrations, I encourage you to provide that feedback at the end of the season. There will be a survey from MLS. There's always a survey from MLS and Ben Bear asking questions about fantasy. So please politely, this is not a time to, to bash because they're they're trying hard to, to work with, with what they have. Uh, just, just let people know what you think. This kind of feedback is important to them. It's, it's stuff that we say on the podcast. If your friends have quit, please encourage them to get feedback too. That's what gets the game to change. I know that people genuinely want it to be fun for everyone. And then to kind of speak on something else that was mentioned about people who maybe quit, again, probably falling on deaf ears if, if you're already gone. But that's that's why I've had so much more fun with the head-to-head leagues this year is because when something crazy like this happens – everyone's in the same boat, which I can talk yep. about later on when we cover our head-to-head league. But that that keeps it fun for me because I know, well, everyone's going to be hit with, with rotation, so I'm now playing to beat whoever my opponent is. It doesn't matter what my overall score is, and that's what's going to be fun. So if you haven't gotten into head-to-head leagues, I encourage you to look into that uh, for next season. We're going to have an expansion of what we do, definitely have have some more head-to-head involvement with r slash fantasy MLS and maybe even MLSFI if we're able to do that. So just just give it a shot. Head-to-head, head-to-head is all kinds of fun. And that's important to mention. Everyone's team is pretty much garbage right now. Everyone is in this <laughs> bad boat. So everyone pretty much has the same decision to make this week. You know, how do you deal with four absences? Because I think that's what pretty much everyone has, maybe more. So and we'll be covering that later. We'll be covering that later. So it's it's not that bad. Everyone else is in the same um, boat that you are. But so it sucks, Michael. It sucks. <laughs> well, to wrap all this up, any final fantasy insights that you've taken from 25 and 26 before we get into our housekeeping? New York City is still garbage. Uh, just kidding, Mike. <laughs> they, they were garbage on Sunday. I, I was I was like, man, this is the one I made an avatar bet on. He played in danger. <laughs> <laughs> my, my, my one real takeaway would be um, uh, Colorado. Uh I don't feel like they're the defensive. Got a question about them? I know, I know, no, I know. I'm just saying. I just don't feel okay. like, like watching the game. Um, they did not look good, and seeing uh, just they, they just didn't look like how they were in the beginning of the season, and it was very pleasant to see them here lose. Okay, well, that's a little little bit of a homer right there, right? That was no, I, I, I was watching that game because I was running the fantasy account with my girlfriend. She was watching the game for the first time. And she was like, so what's going on? I was like, oh, no, we, can, we can go ahead and start making dinner right now because whenever these things happen, it's usually pretty quiet for the first first part of the game. And then all of a sudden, it's like, bam, score. And I'm like, well, I was wrong. Going to have to sit down and pay attention to this a little bit more. Yeah. <laughs> you guys, but you PKs, man, what the heck happened? Well, I, I'm – Euro, obviously, for the hat trick. Um, right. That was – I mean, he – that was just a bad, just a bad take. Um, and then Burrito, when he went down, he wanted to take the PK, and Javier Morales said, "No, I'm taking it." And I think after that, Javier's missed. I want to say two this year. Um, I think it's safe to say that Javier's off PKs, and either Yura um, or Plata. I'm assuming Plata will start to take them, um, unless Yura gets on the score sheet. But uh, yeah, I mean. Props to Tim Howard for saving that Javier Morales, one of the top, the top right. That was a hell of a save. Uh, but hey, either way, we took away three points, uh, and I believe we're in second place now. So I'll take it. You know, Howard had to do something after that vicious foul committed by the ground. <laughs> the turf just jumped up there and grabbed his foot. That was that was just yeah. good. good for him. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I think you guys nailed. I think the main advice that we can take fantasy wise from this round being with. The playoffs coming up, a lot of teams are going to be making adjustments to that. So everyone, keep an eye on the overall table and where who is where everyone is standing and who has a shot at making and who's going to drop out. Once those guys secure a spot, you're probably going to see them slack off a little bit to help rest their players for the cup coming up unless they're in a run for the supporter shield. So that is the most important thing, I believe. Do you guys have anything else? Do you think that's, that's it? I think that's good. Yep. That's it. All right, moving right into housekeeping. First off, there are several teams that are on a bye this week, eight of them to be exact. Those teams are Houston, Montreal, Orlando, Real Salt Lake, San Jose, Seattle, 
Sporting Kansas City, and Toronto. So obviously you're going to see those guys marked on your interface this this week, but uh, those are the guys who aren't going to be there. Limited roster. And the reason this is happening is because World Cup qualifiers are going on. A lot of the games are going to be on September 2nd and September 6th. I, I guess that's all of them. I'm not sure. Others may be random times or maybe some friendlies going on. Uh, but that's why we're having this World Cup qualifiers coming up. Those players will be gone. And I will let Mike cover all of that for the next hour of the MLSFI Insider Podcast. Mike's injuries and call-ups. All right. Well, you know, if you don't have an hour to spend, uh, I'll give you a short version. Uh, all the players you would probably want on your fantasy team are either injured, on by, or on the national. <laughs> so, um, with that, if if you don't, if you're short on time, uh, just speed the podcast up ahead an hour, and uh, we'll talk to you on the next. Time. <laughs> um, no. um, all right. Um, obviously, the biggest one, Giovinco. He is out with four weeks with a. Um, Grown injury. If you look at the schedule, that puts them coming back right around um, week 31. That is a DW uh, for Toronto. So with the way Toronto's kind of slowly brought people back into the squad, I'm guessing you're not seeing him until 33 because they have a bye in that week 32. Um, so I'm guessing you're not going to have him in your squad again until that unlimited transfer week in uh, 33. Uh, Clint Dempsey is out indefinitely with an irregular heartbeat. Um, they're running tests this week. We don't know what the extent is um, or, or even if he can play again because, you know, this is a very serious condition. Um, players like Eddie Jordan uh, have had to, to end their career. So, you know, we really hope Clint Dempsey uh, get, gets really good news because um, that's scary. Uh, Derek for Houston keeper, he is out. He may be done for the season with an elbow injury. Uh, Winger for Houston as well, suffered an injury in training, uh, no update on a timetable. Bingham, San Jose, back injury, no timetable given, but he left early, and even in the press conference afterwards, he was still having to lay down on his back, so that doesn't seem good. Uh, I'm guessing he, he'll miss some time. Uh, Tarbell subbed in for him, and uh, he's at 3.9, so... That's a little tip for y'all. Drogba left early in the second half after being tangled up in a tackle in the first half that he couldn't shake. Uh, No timetable since they have the bye this week. Robbie Keane, injury in training last week. He wasn't in the 18 um, for the weekend match. Uh, I don't know what exactly the injury is. Uh, Also with Robbie Keane, he's technically been called up for Ireland, but he's retiring from uh, international play. So he's only going to one match on the 31st that's basically like a testimonial and then coming back. Now, before his injury, I asked Adam Serrano if he was likely to miss any time for the international duty, and I was told he was not. But I don't know what kind of rotation you're going to be looking at with this injury or whether he's going to be able to still go with this injury or what. So kind of keep tune on that to see what exactly his situation is if you want him on your team. I would expect an extended absence, if not for trap. Steven Gerrard, he left after 30 minutes. Was supposedly a hamstring issue. Old guys plus hamstring issues, usually that means he's going to be out for a few weeks. Jossie <laughs> Zardes, he had to be subbed out after a tackle. Uh, no timetable, but he was, he, he was supposed to go on U.S. duty. He's already been yanked uh, off of that. So uh, I have a hard time seeing him playing much at all, if at all, in 27 and 28. Uh, Van Dam left with a left knee issue at 45 minutes, posted on Twitter today that he's out two to three weeks. So he's going to be out through that double game week for uh, L.A. Hairston for Colorado, he, he had a late injury, I think, and I haven't seen a timetable on that. Um, let's see. Uh, not quite injury news, but um, Nigel Jong for uh, Los Angeles. He is supposedly flying to Turkey today to complete a transfer to Galatasaray. So um, LA is going to be pretty shorthanded coming up. Uh, let's see. Discipline, not many players that you would have um, on your roster got disciplined. Mendranda got a red card. Theum, I, I think that's how you say it for Chicago, straight red. Malice for Montreal, straight red. 
Also, Espinoza got a straight red card, but this one is probably going to be appealed successfully. Now, Espinoza was also called up, but I believe I read that he refused to do uh, to go on international duty. So, um, but Sporting Kansas City has a buy anyway. But that's interesting enough. Um, all right, international call-ups. Um, the full list is on MLSsoccer.com. Also, on all this, I forgot to mention, I posted a recap of all the injuries this weekend on MLS Fantasy Boss. So y'all can go and look here because I know obviously this is a lot of information because there are a lot of injuries this week. Y'all can look up everything there. Um, I'm just going to kind of run through quick the big names on international call-ups. Like we said, that's going to mean out for 27 if their team doesn't have a bye and maybe the first half of 28 because the World Cup qualifying date is on the 6th and that first game of the double game week is on the 7th. So players called up that are might be on your team, Laren, Awful, Miram, uh, Keen, like we said, Bolino, Ladero, Sasha Kluschen got a call up. Thank God, but bad for a fantasy team. Altador, Bedoya, Beckerman, Bradley, Nagby, Wondolowski, Morris, and Zusi. So um, there's a complete list at MLSsoccer.com, which I'll link to uh, in that article on Fantasy Boss, and, and that's changing through the week as you know players try to duck the duty and all that. Other players get called in. So, but, um, yeah, that's the situation. Lots of people out. Um, yeah. A lot, lot, lot of work for MLS injury news. It's a great list, Mike. <clears throat> oh, and Thanks yeah. so much. A comm is not hurt. I spent an hour on Friday selling people that a comm was not hurt because he was marked as injured in the game. But he was but rotated he, in anyway. So. But he did get caught. I mean, he's probably realistically not going to play – yeah, he, he's called up for Ghana. Actually, he should be in this list. Oh, you know what? Because MLS didn't have Ghana in their um, website. Because yeah. uh, I'm just trying to think, when does Ghana play? Is it is it this week? Is it the following week? Is it 28? I'm I'm pretty sure everyone has the, the World Cup dates on the 2nd and 6th. So I think everyone's in camp. Gotcha. Um, I mean, kind of look and see for the week in 27. Uh, the, thing, the only player I've seen who's going to play in 27 with international duty is Cheneau for New York City. He's called into Luxembourg's national team, but they play on Thursday night. They're the Thursday game, the only Thursday game we have this week. So I think those players are available, but everyone else is already in camp. Excellent. Excellent work, Mike. Uh, the one takeaway I take from all of that is uh, tune in this week to see LA Galaxy 2 take on Columbus Crew. That's that's what it seems is what's going to happen with all those injuries. Ola Kamara, captain. Ola Kamara, maybe, maybe there you go. <laughs> uh, so one final thing before we move on, Patreon. Of course, every week we mention Patreon, and this week I have a very exciting announcement. If you're one of our patrons, then you already know what I'm going to say. But the pint glasses have been ordered, and boy, do they look sweet. So those are coming in for the few people who have donated enough to qualify for that level. Uh, it starts at the $10 donation. And that's a $10 monthly donation to our podcast. And we will send you not only a sticker that Mike has shown off before, but you'll also get a pint glass with the MLS Fantasy Insider logo on them. If you are under 21, please drink non-potent potables with that. But uh, also great for all sorts of beverages, but only available to our Patreon donators. So if you would like to become a patron of the MLS Fantasy Insider podcast, please go over to www dot patreon that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash mls f-i and you can help us by making a monthly donation to the show you know we we do four or so of these every week not every week every month one of them a week to get ready to help get the information about the injury news that mike does hear the fun insights that jason provides um just Simon's just just dry, tell it like it is sort of approach to fantasy and, and insights from people like Travis and and uh, Andrew that come on the show from time to time. It, it's a great amount of fun for us. We do have some expenses, and that's what Patreon helps us with. It's not like we're planning on retiring at some private island with, I don't know, private soccer teams to come and play for us. We got that in the works still, don't we, guys? Uh, I mean, no. Or uh, will we? Or will we, Pinky? But uh, we do have some expenses that we cover with hosting fees and with SoundCloud fees. And, and we're trying to get everything together from maybe having our own website separate from Fantasy Boss next season. And that we're going to at least have prizes 
for our leagues, especially if we do some of this head to head stuff. So uh, that's what it goes to. It's, it's all an effort for us to give back to you. So if you would like to donate to us, I would appreciate it so much. Uh, I would still love you just for being a listener. That means so much to me as well. Jason is not as kind though. Uh, I'm, I'm starting to, to be like the Grinch. Uh, my heart is growing three sizes. So if you donate, I'll love you. And I have to love you by contractual obligation. Unless, as we have found out, uh, there's a mutual partnership to terminate the love, lovey, love, love. And then I can hate you. Oh, wow. That's, that's serious. So don't even risk that. Just donate to us at Patreon. And uh, it'll be fun. So thanks, thanks for that. That's one of our better plugs, I think. Anyway, moving on, what you really came for, player picks and our preview of round 27. So first off, guys, what game are you looking forward to the most? Ooh, um, trying to think about it after, because I had a lot of preconceptions as to, before the, all the injuries, I would have said uh, Galaxy and Columbus. Now probably New York City versus D.C., um, Mullins has kind of come on strong. Uh, I think that could be a, a goal fest, a real exciting back and forth game. Other than that, a lot of these teams aren't very good. Uh, and I'm not that excited about a whole – maybe Dallas-Portland be, be a fun one as well. Yeah, that's uh, mine. But, yeah, yeah. Th- that's, that's definitely mine, the FC Dallas versus Portland. Um, I'm hoping Portland comes away with it to knock FC Dallas down. Um RSL needs it, but I feel that, you know, after Portland uh, just, well, I believe they put up a four spot in Seattle, um, you know, uh, I would, I'm excited to see them play and see how things are going, uh, you know, especially I believe they're in Dallas, and Dallas put up a three spot on Houston. Um, so it's going to be, a, I think that's going to be a, just a lot of fireworks. I'm excited to see that one. I don't know if I agree with with some of that initials thought. That's why I threw this question in here, because I think at first glance, it's easy to say, eh, whatever, this isn't going to be that exciting. But but if you start to think about what's happened, uh, definitely, Mike, New York City versus D.C. D.C. is coming off that six-point game. Mullen's got the hat trick, former New York City player. It's, it's going to be a great little homecoming kind of thing for him. The Vancouver-New York Red Bulls game is the only one I'm kind of eh about. It's like, that, that'll be fine. New England versus Colorado. New England is just in the gutter when it comes to scoring. Colorado's not awesome on the road. That could end up being a 1-1 draw that could end up with some fantasy points there on the Colorado side. Chicago, Philly. Philly's done pretty well. The last two games, they've scored two goals each time. Before that, a 1-3 loss to Toronto, and then a four-goal away victory before that. They've got some points in them, and Chicago gives them up. So that could be pretty profitable if people still have Philadelphia players hanging around their team and not many of them are called up either. I think you're, you nailed it. The Dallas Portland game is going to be really exciting just from the pure soccer point of view. And as we alluded to earlier, LA galaxy two versus Columbus crew, uh, that could be a nice little, little time for some of the like Finlay or, or Kamara to come in there and get, and get some points going on. So um, I, I don't think this round's going to be as awful as maybe people think. But you see, you, you mentioned Philadelphia, Philadelphia has been better recently because they had Bedoya. And so oh, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> so they had the coverage in order to kind of get back to what they were doing, have Barnetta in the center, uh, and really kind of create chances again. I don't but know. They're playing they're Chicago. Sometimes Chicago puts up good defense. Yeah, they're an enigma wrapped in yeah. a riddle. <laughs> with, oh, a, with, the, way. with a because MLS bow on top. Yes. <laughs> I mean, sometimes they'll look like you know, unstoppable, and then they get stomped by DC. <laughs> so, yeah. But I just think there's some more potential to this week that maybe people want to give it credit to. But let's let's do picks. That's what people really want, not not my hopeful, just forever blue skies, silver lining opinion of MLS. Uh, first question, I just threw it out here. Jason, you alluded to it a little bit at the beginning. Do you still have faith in the Colorado defense? Uh, three of their next five games are away, and they have yet to earn a clean sheet on the road since Howard stole the starting spot. So, I mean, Colorado, it's not, it wasn't a farce that they were the best defense uh, throughout, you know, I'd say probably a good half of the season. Um, I personally dropped every single Colorado defender I had. So I had, I had Harrison and uh, Holberg. 
Um, I dropped them on round 25 uh, just because of the three straight away games. Um, I think that if you have uh, Hoberg, I think you're safe to keep him just because of his bonus point potential, uh, clean sheet potential possibly, but just his aerial threat at being 6-7, knocking in some goals off set pieces. Um, I think you'd be better served to use a transfer somewhere else. Um, but obviously, you know, we don't know the extent of Harrison's injury or Harrison's injury. Um, so yeah, keep Axel if you have him. Um, I wouldn't go out of my way to pick, pick one up. Yeah, I think that's about right. I mean, Hoberry's kind of shown over two years now that he's worth having in fantasy because he's a pretty consistent uh, bonus point generator. And with the way defenses have been this year, if they're cheap and they're generating defensive bonus points consistently, they're probably still worth being on your team. Now, if you're wild carding and you're thinking about whether I should add them, you, maybe you can hold off on it. But um, now, I mean, I know they're on the road, they're all the way in New England, but New England's on a pretty bad goal scoring drought themselves. Uh, I think it's like something like 300 minutes or something that they haven't, haven't scored. Yeah, it's 362 minutes that they haven't scored a goal. So, and plus, I mean, Timmy Howard won't be in net. They'll probably have Zach McMath. And if you subscribe to the theory that McMath is actually better for them than uh, Timmy Howard, they might have a reasonable chance of having a clean sheet this week. So if you have them, I would keep them. I think you're, you have a lot of other problems elsewhere. But if you're wild carding, maybe you don't. Bring them back to your team. Very good insight there fellas uh i don't know i i, I don't i think i'm not giving up like jason has i still have hoberry on on my team man crush man crush totally he likes our he likes our show he, he liked tweets that we have so axel is a uh, well maybe not a fan of the show but he's, he's, our, he's our homeboy he's our homeboy he's he's good people he's good people so but uh, mike i've i feel like there's just he's one of those players i've had for so long and i've had so many points just earned value-wise for my for my uh, budget off of him that I have so much invested in him that I just don't want to sell him at this point anymore. But, uh, yeah, I, I think those are some solid answers. But now, really, all it comes down to is who are you all picking around 27? So uh, my keepers, um, I'm sticking with Steris. Um, he's got the Peter Check helmet. Uh, I love it. Um, still is fantastic, even though – Stairs was on the bench. I mean, defenders. Um, you call him a keeper. No, 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 no. I'm saying I still like Stairs. Even I'm sorry. Um, uh, I still like Rowe as as a keeper uh, because of their schedule with the double game week coming up next week. Even though Stairs was on the bench, he still did very well. Um, and I'm actually going to go with Stairs as well, just because of you know his uh, the uh, the value that he brings. Uh, Plus playing a home game, going on Andrew's theory of never dropping a player on a home game. Um, I still like Campbell. They're playing at home. Um, Chicago's playing at home against Philadelphia, uh, even though they got stomped uh, 6-1, I think it was. And then my other pick is uh, Axel Hoberg because, like Mike just alluded to, with Howard not being in the net and going on the theory of McMath was better, I still think – they have a pretty good shout uh, with New England not scoring in whatever you said, 300-plus minutes. So those are my picks. Mine are pretty much along the same line. I have Rowe um, in goal as well. Uh, I'm glad to see him back. Uh, I, I think Steris is pretty good, although if you're bringing someone in and need cheap, I might look at Romney. When he, whenever he played, he did pretty well, and I wouldn't be surprised if he's subbed in now that uh, Von Damme is out. Um uh, Campbell for, for Chicago is not a bad pick, but I think I'm going to go with um, Hoberry and um, Rosenberry for Philadelphia because I, I, I'll take any defense that gets to play against Chicago without a comp. Yeah, I, I got Rosenberry on my actual team. I just didn't put him in this pick, but I like that pick a lot. And then Simon sent me some picks for him since he can't uh, be with us to actually talk tonight. And so I will see if I can do this in my best Simon. 
Uh, so Simon's going to go with Blake because uh, why would you want to trade a keeper and waste a transfer that way? So just go with him or whoever you already have. And then as far as defense, Simon is going with Campbell and Rosenberry because they're cheap and they're playing. And do you really want to spend that much money there anyway? Boom. That's Simon. Yeah. Midfielders. So many managers are facing the situation of being hit hard by call-ups and recent injuries. Would you, we, advise taking a minus four or minus eight hit to field a full team in round 27 or even consider using your wild card a week earlier than possibly planned? This is a fantastic question, and I'm pretty sure that every active manager is dealing um, with this issue, not maybe not in midfield, but also forwards as well. Um, I'm actually, uh, I was contemplating taking a negative four, but uh, we were discussing before the show about this. And why am I going to take a negative four if I'm going to wild card the next in the next round? Um, it just wouldn't benefit me um, to do that, even though, you know, there may be a good player like a BWP, a Diaz or Valeri that you'd want to bring in. Um, I still think it's better to maybe field eight, nine, or ten and take a negative four and possibly have that person only score two or three points. Um, I, and I still think it, it would be it would behoove you guys to say, you know, take your transfers now, don't take a negative and wild card in uh, round twenty eight or round thirty one. Yeah, I think a few weeks ago I, I had talked about wild carding in 28, and that was my plan until the injuries. Now I'm thinking about wild carding this week. Um, and and the, the, it's not so much the injuries that mean that I, I, have, I can't field 11 this week. It's the injuries that really impacted the way we look at 28. L.A. has broken uh, – Zardes has a broken foot uh, now, according to the reports. We have, you know, Keen – Gerard, Van Dam, De Jong, all being out for LA. Drogba for Montreal. Uh, Laren and Molino are probably missing the first game of that double game week for Orlando. So the real benefits of wild carding in 28 to take advantage of all those double game week players, that's been really softened a lot now. So I think if you wild card this week, you can probably stash a Piotti and maybe a Yura, who are probably going to be one of the few must-have players that you don't already have for 28. You can stash them and then use the three transfers to bring in players like Kaká and Joralis and have a pretty strong team in 28. So you can take advantage of 27 and 28. Interesting. Yeah, pretty solid. I, Like I said at the top of the show, when I had a situation in 25 that I feel is similar to this, I decided I was not going to take a negative penalty for any player, even if that meant carrying a zero that I knew I was going to have from the very beginning. And I knew I was going to have two and ended up having three because of Gerard. I still came away with all green arrows, pretty solid score, because everybody else is in this same situation. If people wildcard, yeah, they'll be able to get just these players, and then they have to deal with round 28. Mike makes a very good point about having three trades. I don't think that that will be as strong of a benefit as those players who are using their wild card in round 28 or maybe a little bit after. I still think the best bet is to just use your two trades or three if you're like Jason and had one banked and get a team set up with people you know are going to play. And once you have that squared away, just wait. Wait it out. You know it's not going to be great. It's not going to be great for a lot of people, and there are still some people who are going to want to use that wild card in round 28. The World Cup qualifiers are going to be over. You're going to see who's coming back, any more injury updates at that point. This, it's just more time. And so I don't think it's necessary to use that wild card at this time because you, it's, you still have shared difficulties with your fellow managers. Yeah, I, I definitely – I can see going that route. Um, you know, the, the question really kind of comes down to how much value you think you can get out of 27. If you don't think it's a real big round and you don't see a lot of good value, then maybe you take the zeros and move on to 28. So, I mean, you kind of you kind of have to sit down and look at the matchups, look at the teams on double game week and kind of make a decision as to where you think the points lie. 
because everyone's going to have to make the decision. So but, that's what it's going to come down to. I think I think a lot of people though are going to panic, hit the wild card button, and or take a negative eight, take negative twelve to field a full eleven, um, but not not realize that. You know, there's still so many players that you're going to want on your team for round 28 that you're not going to be able to stash. Um, I mean, a Drogba or a Piatti, that's 11, you know, that's 11 plus million dollars. Um, a Kaká, possibly a Laren, Molino, um, Yura, Giralis, Plata, uh, Ladero, Dempsey, Morris, um, you know, Giovinco, Bradley. I know Gio's out for four weeks, but... I mean, there's so many players that are impact players that are staples of our team right now that, you know, you're not going to be able to, to pick up next round, especially people, because they're going to try to field a full 11 this week and they're probably not going to have anything in their bank. So, and also knowing MLS, there's going to be some sort of injury to that player that you bring in this week when you wild card and it's going to throw you <laughs> off completely. Don't be such a pessimist. Hey, it's, it's the truth. Uh, you know, honestly, there's no pessimism when it's the truth. If the shoe fits, my friend, if the shoe fits. Okay, okay. Oh, well, let's. That, that was a great question. Several people had that. So I hope that helps everyone who had some wildcard questions. If not, feel free to hit us up on Twitter if you have some more specific questions about wildcards later on in this week. But now, your midfield picks. Okay, I'll start off with, um, with Barnetta. Uh, he had a goal last week. Valeri, uh, I think. I'm hoping his situation's kind of resolved where he's back to being played in the right position. Um, I'm going to say, I've been thinking about Moro Diaz, but but I think I might go with Barrios. He's actually had a better production. Um, Diaz's scores the last few matches have been 2-2-8, two, two, and eight, and that 8 only comes off of a PK goal. So Barrios has looked better, so I think I would go with Barrios. And then um, Jack Harrison. Yeah, my picks are going to be uh, Diaz. Valeri, Pirlo, uh, Pedro Morales, and Mike Grella. Hmm, names we don't often hear. Very I like nice. that. I like Very nice. Uh, Simon, on the list he sent me, he starts out with uh, Gerard, and then I assume someone like Jason or Mike would point out that he's injured, and he would say, oh, well then, yeah, uh, don't go with him. And then keep whoever you have in your lineup. And then he would also go with <laughs> Diaz because you know that he is good. And then Barnetta, because he's been getting points and is playing back in the position that he should be, and that is always good, and he's cheap. So those are Simon's picks. Those are Simon's picks. And two questions when it comes to forwards. Mike, I know you're going to like this one. Is bringing in Mullins a good value, or is it just chasing points at this point in the game? It is good value. I don't think you're finding many forwards that are consistently starting for 6.6. As far as whether or not you're chasing points and whether you can keep this consistent, uh, I would advise you to go read Matt Doyle's columns, uh, MLS analyst. He writes for MLS Soccer. He has literally posted an article once a week praising Patrick Mullins for his vision, his chance creation, (laughs) and his abilities. So, yeah, I I don't think you're chasing points, um, especially with a lot of the injuries to the forwards for 6.6. That's great value. I, you're coming home with a, against against New York City, a team you probably should have a grudge against. I, I think it's a good bet this week. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, and also, the great part is, you know, if you're rolling with the BWP and a Keen or a BWP and you know somebody else, a six point six four that you can always do a switcheroo with, um, or even just keep on your bench if you have a better player that you think is going to, you know, outperform him. Uh, it's, it's probably the best value in the game. We were stoked when Plata and Laren and uh, Sapong were killing it in the first part of the season. And I think they were around 9 million for a 6.64 that's guaranteed minutes and probably going to, you know, put up at least three to four points. Uh, I don't see how you can't have them in your team. If he keeps up numbers like this, I could see him easily starting out next season at like an eight and a half or a nine. For sure. Yeah. And the other big question, I think, of the round due to recent news, who is your ideal replacement for Geo? 
And do you think his absence is one of the best things that could happen to fantasy to help encourage team diversity? So the first part of the question is, I think that there are two great replacements and that's going to be David Villa or BWP. Um, you know, uh, New York City FC play uh, at home against DC, away against New England, home against Dallas, home against Chicago, and then away at Houston. And then you have um, the Red Bulls who are at home against <laughs> at home against uh, or, I'm sorry, away at Vancouver, at home against DC, away at Toronto, home against Montreal, and away or at home against Philly. Um, they're both fantastic options. Um, they're still under the price point, so it's going to still let you net probably around a million plus for other positions. And then for the second part of the question, uh, I think that this is much better for fantasy. This will now test your grit. And uh, it's going to, I think, impact the top 100 players much more because now it's not the typical – Oh, I'm slapping the armband on Gio. You know, he's going to get at least eight points. Now you're really going to have to start looking at forms, uh, fixtures, um, and things like that. So I'm actually really excited for it. I think that this is going to be much better for the game, even though I love watching Gio play. I think that's Jason, the, oh, sorry. That, that's the really interesting thing about the top 100, top 1,000 is, is it, it – as Simon's or how uh, Mike's going to tell us his ideal replacement, but there may not be an ideal replacement. Some people are going to go for a forward to forward swap. Some people are going to use that money to buff up their midfield. So I, I think it, it makes it a lot less of a sure thing of, of who you think your opponent's going to be changing to. And so uh, I just, I, I didn't, hadn't thought about that upper echelon, Jason. So sorry, Mike, go ahead. Uh, yeah, well, I was going to say, I think Jason's right um, about David Villa. That would be my pick for Giovinco. Just because among forwards, David Villa is the only one who's going to produce bonus points the way Giovinco did. So I think if you're looking for to replace someone who's like Giovinco, David Villa is the best bet. I mean, Bradley Wright Phillips, we know he can score, score goals, but I don't think anyone can produce bonus points the way David Villa can. Now, I'm going to actually take the opposite uh, approach on the second question about encouraging diversity. I don't think it helps that much, if at all, because I don't think Giovinco was the problem with diversity. The problem with diversity is that there's too much money in the game because the pricing system at the beginning wasn't done right. Um, remember, we cut down the number of roster slots this year without adjusting the budget. And so to me, whoever the top players are, you can afford them. That's even worse with the way defenders are this year because all the best defenders are the cheap defenders. So you really have so much money in the midfield and in forwards. Whoever the top players are, they're going to be on the teams. So while there might be a little bit of shuffling for the next few weeks when you see some diversity, once you start getting people planning in for the double game weeks in 31 and 32, Everyone's going to have the same team because everyone has all the money to do it. And in fact, with Giovinco out, they're going to have even more money to get all the players that they want. So I don't think you're going to have that much variance from the template team that people think there's going to be. But you don't see this, this player that is thir almost 14 – owned by, I guess, before the big sell, it's going to happen now. Yeah, sorry, I lost a bunch. That was over 70% of managers. You don't think that suddenly having this influx of $14 million to your budget isn't going to allow people to not just bring in bring in a Laird and then take that money and just blow up their midfield, or they can bring in Mullins and things like that at the front line. It's going to be, I have $14 million more million to spend anywhere. Well, I mean, there's definitely options, but I mean, if you look at the top 100, there's a number of players who are owned by 85%. So, I mean, you might have like 15 players who don't have uh, like a Starez or a David Villa or whoever um, ends up replacing Giovinco for most managers. But I mean, that 15 isn't going to make those 15 players is not going to be that much of a difference to me. Um, you're still going to have the template team where most people bring in David Villa or Bradley Wright, Bradley Wright Phillips. And 
you're right. Like there is a choice there, but especially as we go on and cause I mean, right now we don't have a double game week to play for because three out of the four teams are on by this week. Once that changes and people start planning, okay, I got to get my, I got to load up on 31 or get ready for 32. You're pretty much going to start falling into the same lines. I see you. I see what you're going for. If you have a thought on if you think dropping Geo is going to help with people be more creative, especially at least in their captain spot, uh, and diversify their team, hit us up on Twitter. Of course, you can always do that. But also go uh, and email Andy Winner, who's another one of the MLS fantasy experts. That's at Winner, W-I-N-N-E-R underscore MLS. This is actually the second part of, of my question is because of a question he mentioned or statement he made on Twitter. So interact with him and let him know as well how you think this geo situation affects the fantasy game. And of course, let's wrap up this forward section with your forward picks. I'm going to say Mullins, David Villa, and Bradley Wright Phillips. Same Z's. I also really like Ola Kamara if he plays because of the depleted LA defense, but those are still my three. And Simon likes Villa because he's good and Adi because he scored recently and that could work out well for them. And finally, captains. Who are you picking, guys? Mike, should we do it on three? One, sure. two, three. David Villa. Yeah. And Simon also said Villa, but he had a question mark next to it, so he's not quite decided yet. But tentatively right now, Simon is also going with David Villa. And now I know we had some people asking us about wild cards a little earlier in the show, and we didn't really talk about what you would do or maybe an idea of what you might do if you were to use your wild card right now. So this last section before we move on to our community time, this is our what if wild card section. So if you are dead set on doing this, we're going to have some more details later on. But just real quick, Mike and Jason, just throw out some names. Okay. Um, Starting in keeper, Tarbell, San Jose. He subbed in for Bingham. He's only 3.9, so you might get a starter and one of the cheapest goalies in the game. Um, you can use him as a rotation, and that gets you in double game week with um, in 31. So you can have a cycle with him in row. Boom! I was just going to say that. I love it. Yeah. Um, you could also do Bendik um, if you don't want to do row. I mean, you can't do him this week, but um, if you wanted to have row and Bendik, because um, – you know, Orlando's got two double game weeks coming up. Um, that's an option for you. Um, with the defense, it's really not all that difference other than you're going to put in Glad to stash. You know, 4.9, you can easily afford to stash him. Um, midfielders, uh, I would stash Piotti, have kind of the four, like we talked about, Valeri, Diaz, Barnetta, um, Barrios, you know, Pirlo, whoever you want there. Um and then kind of bring in a Joralis and Kaká um, plan for next week. Um, you might also want to do a Legette this week instead to kind of free up some cash if you're trying to make a whole lot of moves. Um, and then I think you kind of stick with the forwards we mentioned in the forwards picks and just plan to bring in Yura. And if you want to bring in Joralis, Kaká, and Yura, that, that'll probably get you a pretty good team if you have Piotti and Glad and um, and Rowe and Stairs, you'll have – eight players on a double game week, I think. Very nice. So yours much different, Jason? Um, yeah, so obviously Rowan Tarbell and Keeper. Uh, Glad, Campbell, Hoberg, and Steris, uh for defenders. I still like Valeri Diaz. Stashing Piotti's great. Um, I still like uh, BWP and Via up top. Um, but I would still take Plata over Yura just because of the hot and cold streaks, I think that this bye week is going to be detrimental for your, I, mean, I wouldn't say detrimental, but it's, it's going to make him lose steam. Um, Plata is still on most set pieces. Uh, and I still like him better. Uh, don't get me wrong. Um, is still fantastic, but um, I still think that that would be a better choice for you. Um, other than that, I agree with Mike. I think you can still bring in Kaká, Um, 
but just keep in mind too that you know there's only two teams that have a double buy in 28 and 31 and that's going to be Orlando City and Montreal so you can even pick up a cheap Montreal defender uh, like I believe it's uh, camera or um, let me pull this up yeah camera or even like Oyongo uh, Bush is even a great option at 5.3 if you want a double keeper but just remember that in round 32 uh, there's only seven teams that are playing so just keep an eye out for that that's so depressing to mention right now. Actually, it's, right. only worse, it's only six. Oh, is it six? Yeah, it's only six, and Houston and Colorado have a double game week. So, like, it's Chicago versus Columbus, and then every other match has either Houston or Colorado involved. <laughs> uh, oh, wow. That's awesome. So that's, that's you be... don't expect offensive points for that week. Yeah, no doubt. It's going to be very depressing. So those are all the picks that we have for round 27. I hope everyone finds those helpful in making your decisions going forward. Now some fun time, our community time, the r slash fantasy MLS league top scorer. This round goes to Trevor Moore, manager of the team two-star accommodations. I like it. And he had 93 points. So congrats, man. That is a very, very nice score. Moving on to the MLS fantasy insider head to head league. Uh, Simon and Andrew are both not here tonight, so uh, Simon lost. Even even though he's been doing pretty well, uh, he did lose. He said he was happy with his team, but I guess not in our league. Uh, he had 55 points, and Andrew had 64, which was a nice score. But, Mike, do you want to talk about this next game, or do you want me to? I, I want to know why we skipped over round 25's games. I'd rather talk about those games. Okay, sorry. You're, you're right. No, you're right. You're right. <laughs> I took a screenshot. This was just round 26. I can go back there real quick uh, to cover round 25. Chotamate. Unless Jason wants to start talking about round 25. No, I got round 25. Let's see here. At least I think I have round 25. Matches. My McDonald's internet connection is pretty slow. Sorry. Your McDonald's internet connection is pretty slow. Well, you know, that's that's what happens. you got to find the breaks. Here we go, round 25. So it starts out, uh, I beat Fantasy Football 24-7, uh, 62 <laughs> to 56. Uh, I see now why you wanted to do that. Suck it. Uh, it was kind of funny because I, I just conceded to them because, as I mentioned in round 25, I was like, I don't have anybody playing this ridiculous. And I was like, congrats, guys, on the win. And I looked back and I was like, wow, I won. Um, so, you know, uh, I even good had to tell you that you won. It was really funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you were like, "Hey, man!" I, I tweeted. I was like, "Man, round twenty-five was awesome. I had all these green arrows. It was fantastic." And you're like, um, "Did you check the head-to-head?" It's like, "Oh, snap!" So there was that. Uh, Jason, you and Mike went head-to-head, and that came out pretty good for you, Mike. Yeah, I, I got a win. My only of the whole fantasy weekend, the only win was over Jason. So <laughs> I appreciate you, Jason. It made me feel a little bit. Hey, hey, it's all, it's all good, my friend. Congratulations. Eight point. Yeah, very, very nice. Very nice there. So uh, Travis beat Mr. Guy Sanchez by 10 points. Ivan the Terrible tied with older goalers 64 to 64. So that's very uncommon for our league. Uh, my buddy Steve Artaco lost to Andrew, as we knew that would happen. And then Ben the Research Bear finally fell. He's been winning so many to our very own Simon Thwaites. But that did not hold out for Simon because he did lose to Andrew in round 26. Uh, unfortunately, I did beat Mike in our match. But uh, I scored 60. one more point than Taco would have. So You I did have score one more than Taco. I scored the most points of all of our teams in round 26. So I was particularly happy about that. My 66 points to Mike's 46. Uh, then we had Travis, who also beat Fantasy Football 24-7 this round. Suck it, England. You suck. 57-50, <laughs> to 50, so it's been kind of rough for them. Maybe they're they're just being nice to us. They're so far ahead of us. They're showing us some pity. Uh, then we had uh, Jason, your game. Yeah, I lost to another England guy, so England, well done. Um, <laughs> yeah, I lost. But, hey, I'm excited for next week's game. Uh, then Mr. Guy Sanchez beat my buddy Steve Artaco 45 to 54. So one point very, better. Very one nice. point better than Taco. That's all that matters. I'm good. Yeah. Woo! That's your that's your rallying cry. One yes. point better. That's and then more, finally moral victory. Ben Bear won again against older goaler 55 to 46. One point better. One point better. So so good job, guys. That is how it was in round 25 and 26. Coming up around 27, I am taking on Jason in the uh, next match. That's right. Uh, let's 
the animated GIFs fly. Fantasy Football 24-7 is taking on Guy Sanchez. Uh, that's some – some. Uh, he's rights for them as well, so I hope he doesn't throw the match to help them get off their losing streak. Uh-oh. Mike, you are taking on Older Goaler. Travis is taking on Andrew. Ivan the Terrible from Fantasy Football First is taking on Simon. And then my buddy Steve is taking on Ben Bear. Congrats, Ben, on your win. That is all that we have for the show today. Guys, anything you want to plug before we sign off? Suck it, England. Suck it, England. Okay. No, actually, um, and not just on more levels than just this, I'm actually in a Ryder Cup for the Fantasy Premier League with a bunch of us um, Americans. And uh, so far it is three nil, three games to nil, America. So I will say it one more time. Suck it, England. Oh, wow, Mike. I, I just feel so patriotic right now. You know, it, it, it's hard to, to, to say anything else. You should see the gist that go on in the room. I keep on changing the, uh, the name from Ryder Cup to um, Brexted FC uh lock 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 these chromies um you know obviously america um uk sucks uh there's so many you're just just making this too political you gotta be careful we got people over there who like to listen to us speaking of the premier league uh we do have some fun things going on with r slash fantasy mls in fantasy premier league we have five special head-to-head leagues made up of players from r slash fantasy mls uh all right, guys, uh, Reed's having some technical difficulties, but, uh, um, you know, we're doing also a premier, a fantasy premier league head-to-head league, um, and it's fantastic. Uh, we have a lot of great uh, friends and well, and uh, uh, next year into uh, maybe some MLS uh, head-to-head leagues. Um, but also check out... Um, the wonderful community of Reddit and also MLSFantasyBoss.coms for articles from myself, Reed, Mike, um, Andrew, Blaine, everybody else. Uh, and with that, guys, good luck.